Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 14. I'll try to tie all this in here in just a moment. Matthew chapter 14. A few days ago, I was, I was reading an entirely different portion of Scripture as part of my devotions, and the Lord brought to my remembrance this particular passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 14. When, and I knew that the Lord wanted me to go to that, this portion of Scripture and begin reading. And when I did, the Lord just began to speak to me about some things. And I want to share that with you tonight if I can. Matthew chapter 14, and verse, I'm going to start tonight at verse number 22. Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22. The Bible says, And immediately Jesus made His disciples get into the boat and go before Him to the other side, while He sent the multitude away. And when He had sent the multitude away, He went up on the mountain by Himself to pray. Now when the evening came, He was alone there. But the boat was now in the midst, in the middle or in the midst of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. You know what that means? That means that the boat was trying to go one direction, and the wind was blowing in the opposite direction. So think of it this way the boat's trying to go north, and the wind's blowing south. And everything that the disciples are doing seems counterproductive and they're going against the wind. And if you know anything, if you've ever talked to a sailor, they say that it's kind of silly to try to go against the wind. But the Bible says, but they were tossed by the waves and the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately, immediately Jesus spoke to them say, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Didn't we just hear that just a minute ago? Didn't the Holy Ghost just speak to us and tell us, don't be afraid? Now listen to this. And Peter answered him and said, Okay, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. And Jesus said, Come on, boy. Get up out of the boat. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you a little faith, 
why did you doubt? Then though, then when they, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Verse 33 says, then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Now, there's a lot of different directions I could go in and reading this. But here's what I really felt like the Lord was talking to me about. And I want to share this with you tonight. I want to talk to you on the subject of being a water walker. I want to talk to you tonight about being a water walker. Because I believe God is calling us to great faith. I didn't say a little bit of faith. But I said great faith. You see, we make a lot over faith. And I don't want to diminish that. But God has called us to have great faith. There were many times that Jesus would look at His disciples and He would say, or He would look at those that received a miracle or received a touch from God and He would say, great is your faith. He would say of one, He says, I have never seen this kind of faith or this great of faith even in Israel. As a matter of fact, the times that he would chastise his own disciples were because they had little faith. But I believe that God is calling harvest time. God is calling us. God is calling those that are listening to this message. He is calling us to great faith. Because listen to what Jesus would tell his disciples in this. Jesus would compel his disciples. He would say, listen, I want you to get in this boat and I want you to go to the other side. Now, I want to kind of jump to the end here for just a moment because I want to, I want you to kind of give you the ending of this. The reason why that Jesus told his disciples, get in the boat and go to the other side is because when you come to the end of this chapter in Matthew chapter 14, you find out that there were people over there that needed deliverance. You were finding out that there were people over there that needed healing. You found out that there were people over there that needed salvation. There were people over there that needed Jesus to be in their midst. And he told his disciples, get into the boat, disciples, get into the boat and go over unto the other side. And I believe that what God is doing is that God is calling the church to once again to launch forth into the calling that God has for us and for the purpose that God has called us. Listen, I know you're tired of hearing about the pandemic, but let me preach on it here for just a moment. I'm tired of the church using the pandemic as an excuse for us not to be able to do anything. I'm tired of them saying, well, we don't need to gather together because of this and because of that. But can I tell you, God is speaking to the church in these last days, and He is saying it is now time. You need to get into the boat, and you need to be able to launch forth into what I have called you to do because there's a hurting world out there. There are people out there that need deliverance. There are people out there that need salvation. There are people out there that need healing. There 
people out there that need peace. There are people out there that need comfort. And if the church of the living God does not operate in what God has called us to do, then what good are we? So he would tell them, go. Go. Now, I want you to take note of this. While Jesus, Jesus sends them, Jesus goes to pray. And while Jesus is praying, the storm comes while they are obeying the command of the Master. Ooh. Let's teach here just for a minute. They are obedient to the Master and the storm comes. They are fulfilling the call of God. They are doing what the Master has instructed them to do and the storm comes. Jesus is praying. They're out there in the middle of the boat. And they're doing everything that they can do. The Bible says that they are being tossed to and fro by the waves. And the wind is contrary or counterproductive or opposite in the direction that they are going in. Sometimes you can be tossed and blown around even when you're in the middle of the obedience that God has called you to do. Because I'm afraid. I'm, a, I, I, I'm afraid that there is this teaching that 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 is that is in the, that in some in some of the churches in America right now that will like to teach you that if you're if you're in the perfect will of God if you've got just enough faith if you've got if you believe just enough then there'll never be any problems there'll never be any difficulties there'll never be any storms they were obeying God and while they were in the midst of obeying God the storm arose in the midst of the sea. Now have you ever been in the middle of the will of God going in the direction that you know that God has called you to go into and it seemed like that everything that you were meeting was contrary to what God told you to do. God told you to go left and everybody else is walking right. God told you to go forward and as you're walking down the path that God has ordained you to go into, it seems like that everything that could go wrong is going wrong. But here's the thing. Even though that the storm is raging for these disciples, you've got to understand the call that God gave to them. Because God still told them, listen... Go to the other side. I'm calling you to go to the other side because there's still a call for the church. There's still a mission for the church. There is still a purpose for the church. And God is calling the church. God is calling His people. God is calling Harvest Time Assembly. God is calling the churches and the remnant to arise and to say it may seem contrary right now. They're telling us not to get together. They're telling us that ought to be careful. They're telling us that we ought to shut down. They tell us everything ought to be online. But can I tell you, everything may seem contrary right now. But God is still saying there's still a call. There is still a purpose. There is still a people that need to go forth in the power. 
administration of the Spirit of God. Can somebody say amen? You see, there's still a call. There's still a mission. And here's the interesting thing. I'm going to get to the water walker part here in just a minute, but I'm laying a foundation. Jesus is praying while they're in the storm. While they're in the storm, Jesus is overlooking and He's praying. One of the greatest signs of intercession that you'll ever find in all the Bible. God sends them. God may manifest in the flesh sends them. They go out and He goes to pray. Can I tell you, in the midst of what is going on right now, He's still interceding for His church. Mm, I thought I'd get a better amen than that tonight. God is still interceding. Let's bring it down personally. God is still interceding for you. God is still praying for you. God is still calling out your name. Jesus is still looking to the Father and He's praying for you. He's still calling out your name. I don't know how an omnipotent, omniscient God does that. How somebody that how somebody that can be praying for you and can be praying for me at the same time and not missing a beat. But I want to tell you, in the midst of everything that's going on right now, Jesus is still at the right hand of the Father, and He still ever liveth to make intercession for us. Now listen to this. Jesus, then, after he gets done praying. He comes walking on the water. The Bible says, in verse number 25, the Bible says that He comes walking on the water in the fourth watch of the night. And I find that very interesting. My goodness, I feel the prophetic in me right now. Because as I was... Writing things, I was, as I was writing these notes down today, I heard the Lord speak to me and say, we are in the fourth watch right now. We are in, we are in the fourth watch. What that means is, is that if you do any type of history, you'll find out that the fourth watch of the night, back then in Jewish times, was probably somewhere between, between 2, o'clock in the mor- 2 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock in the morning. It's what they would describe as the fourth watch of the night. The darkest part of the day, where it's the darkest part of that particular time. It's the worst part of the day. It's the worst part of the evening. Because these disciples, they have toiled, they have struggled. They have, they have, they have fought. They have tried to do, they have tried to obey the Lord's command. And everything seems to be contradictory to what they are doing. And in the fourth watch of the night, God comes walking on the waters in the worst 
impossible time. And this is what I felt like the Spirit of God spoke to me today. I believe that the Lord spoke to me and said, we are in the fourth watch. We are in the last remaining hours. But this is also the time that Jesus is going to show himself the most powerful. This is the time that the greatest demonstration of the glory and the power of God is ever going to be made manifest. We may have struggled. We may have toiled. We may have fought. We may have gone against the things that are contrary, that have been trying to fight against us. It may seem like that we have no strength. It may seem like that we have that, that we have no more power within ourselves. But it's at that time that God comes walking on the waters in the fourth watch of the night. We are in the last hours. Oh. Listen. See. Oh my goodness. I didn't write this down. I should have wrote this down, but I didn't. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it anyway. Jesus comes walking on the water. Why does Jesus... Come walking on the water. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe a lot of different opinions on this, but I'm going to tell you what I think as I understand Scripture. I've heard preachers preach about it all the time. You know? You know, oh man, they're in the middle of their storm and here comes Jesus. When you need somebody in the midst of your storm, Jesus will come walking on the water. That's fine. Preach it. I'll shout with you while you preach it. But I don't think that's why Jesus is walking on the water. Because he walked through the same storm the disciples were walking through. Somebody who preached, you know, they were out there and Jesus wasn't in the boat. So when you get Jesus in the boat, man, everything will be okay. Nope. It's not the reason why Jesus is walking on the water. Are you ready? I got some deep revelation for you. You ready? I mean, I'm telling you, I'm going to blow your mind. You ready? Here you go. Here's the reason why. He said, let's go to the other side. So there was no boat for him to be in. So he said, it's time to go to the other side. So I'm going to go to the other side. And even in the midst of the storm, because Jesus was walking through the same storm. My goodness. Jesus was walking, and notice this. The Bible says that they were in the middle of the lake. They were in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. If you've ever seen the Sea of Galilee, it's a pretty big sea. And they're out in the middle of it. Jesus could have easily stopped it all before he started walking on the water. But he was walking through the same storm that the disciples walked through. My goodness. Why? Because it wasn't about the storm. It wasn't about making the waters calm. It was simply said, I've got an assignment. I've got something that I've commanded you to do. I've got something to do and I am going to what my Father has called me to do because there's a people over there that need me. And if I've got to walk on top of everything to get to what God wants me to do, I'll walk on top of everything. But they see Jesus 
It's a shiny. They see Jesus and they're afraid. Because here's the thing. Fear often grips us in the darkest part of the storm. And many of us are crying out in fear. My goodness. I've never seen, in 36 years of living, I've never seen so many people so fearful that I see right now. And can I tell you, that's how I know that we're close to the coming of the Lord. Because that's one of the signs. Because Jesus would say that men's hearts would fail them. Why? Because of fear. And many are crying out in fear. They're in fear. They're in torment. But God was walking on the water that night. And He said, "Do." He said, be of good cheer. Don't you be afraid. Because Jesus is here and He's with you. And I'm thankful that in the midst of my storm, I can look out among the waves. And I can look out among the wind. And I can see the same one walking through the storm that He's with me. Because the song says, and He walks with me. And He talks with me. And He tells me I am His own. I want to tell you, He has told the church, I But I'll go with you all the way, even unto the end. So don't you be afraid. Don't you worry. Don't you fret. Because if the Lord is on your side, David would say, Of whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is on my side. And greater is he that is in me than the storm that is around me tonight. Oh. What, do you, what does this all have to do about walking on water? I'm getting ready to tell you. All of that was a foundation. Because this one statement activated something in Peter. And in that one moment, Peter was no longer content in staying in the boat. And faith arose in Peter. And that faith allowed Peter to do what was humanly impossible. And he was able to get out of the boat. And he was able to walk on the water the same as his Lord did. And here's what I want to tell the church. Here's what I want to tell the people of God. It may sound cliche. It may seem simple. And I said at the very beginning, God is calling the church. God is calling us to great faith. But we can never walk on water if we are never willing to get out of the boat. How did Peter walk on water? 
Three things I want to tell you. And I'll try to hurry. Number one. He listened to the Lord. You have to listen to what Jesus is saying. If you want to walk on water. Because faith always begins with God's Word. He said, Jesus, if that's you, then I want to be where you're at. It's better out there than it is in this boat. So, if it's you, Lord... Bid me to come to you. And Jesus says, come on. Romans 10 and 17 would say, Now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you want to be a water walker tonight, you've got to let the word build the faith in you. You ain't going to help me preach tonight, but that's okay. You see, because I want to tell you something. There's a difference between faith and presumption. Presumption will go by feeling. Faith will go by fact. Well, I feel like this. At the end of the day, can I just say it like this? And please don't misunderstand me. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you feel. I'm not trying to downplay our feelings. Please don't get me wrong on that. Our feelings are valid. I'll never belittle anybody's feelings. But sometimes feelings are contrary to fact. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not getting any help tonight. But <laughs> sometimes you've got to make it up in your mind that you know some things. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. In the midst of everything, he's covered from head to toe and boils. He's lost all of his kids. He's lost all of his money. And one day's time, he goes from the richest man in the world to the poorest man in the world. He even says, I, he says, I've tried to find the Lord in all of this, and I can't find him. But he says, I know. Mm. See, Paul would say, for I am confident of this woman. He that had begun a good work, he would say, I am persuaded. That means I know. He even made it so it's, uh, he even wrote one time so us country folk would understand what he's talking about when he says, and I reckon. He says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to what's on the other side of all of this. You've got 
to know. Can I tell you this? Confession is good for the soul. Are you ready? Sometimes I don't feel like going to church. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. Sometimes I don't feel like reading my Bible. Sometimes I don't feel like doing the right thing. But I don't go by my feeling. I don't even follow my heart. Let's preach right there. Can I take about 30 seconds, Sister Tanya, and just preach right there? Will that be okay? Do I have a second? Can I? Yeah, all right, I'm going to go ahead. So the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above everything else. Can I tell you something that this generation, both young and old, need to learn? Do not trust your heart because your heart will deceive you. Mm, can I tell you? Can I tell you what will never fail? The Word. Jesus would say, Heaven and earth will pass away. But my Word will never pass away. So you've got to listen to the voice of the Lord. You've got to listen to the Word. Second thing. We okay right here? Second thing is, that I wrote down, you've got to watch out for boat people. Because here's what I've learned And almost the last two years, there are many people that are just content staying in the boat. Don't throw tomatoes at me or rocks or anything like that. But many people are content with just being in the boat. And right now, they have no desire to do something radical for God. Well, it's just not the time. I know we ain't swinging from chandeliers here right now, but I'm just going to preach it here. <coughs> well, we just ain't got the money. I just ain't got the time. I wait to a better opportunity. Maybe when things get back to normal, then we can, then we can, we can do something for the Lord. But right now, we just, need, we just need to tread water. We just need to tread lightly. We don't want to make anybody upset. We don't want to make anybody feel. Un- we don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Can I tell you something? Radical faith will make some people feel very, very uncomfortable. That's the reason. Let me just say this. It's not even in my notes, but please, I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this. That's the reason why, when God begins. To explode something and revival comes to the church. True, when true revival comes to the church, that's the reason why we're so thankful. We're so thankful for, for all the good things that God does, or all the perceived good things that we think that God that we see that God does. You know, well, people are getting saved, new people are coming to the church. But oftentimes, what you'll also see is you'll see people leave. Why? I'll tell you why. Because some people are just content and staying in the boat. They are content and being a spectator. But here's what the Holy Spirit of the Lord spoke to me today. It's not time for us to be a spectator. It's time for us to be a participator. 
Somebody say amen. amen. It's time to get off the bench. What's that old song says? Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. I don't even know. I, that's the only thing I know about that song. I appreciate that. But put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Where are the people that are willing to stand up and say, put me in, God? I'm ready. I, I, I'm not content. But see, here, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing about boat people. Boat people will always use this word. What if? What if you fail? What, 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 what if they call you a fanatic? What if they leave? What if they bring up your past? What if you get hurt? Can I tell you, that, that, that right there is probably one of the number one reasons why nobody attempts anything big for God. Yeah. Failure and getting hurt. But see, there's a difference between boat people and water walkers. Boat people stay put. Water walkers step out. Uh, you ain't going to help me preach, but that's okay. Boat people criticize. Water walkers encourage. Uh -huh. Boat people are always filled with fear. Water walkers will always dream big. Uh, boat people will always, will, will, always, uh, will, will always fail to succeed. Water walkers will always succeed despite failure. Mm. Boat people will always bring hurt. Water walkers will always bring healing. Boat people don't trust anyone. Water walkers trust God. Mm. Uh, I don't know about you tonight, but I'd rather be in, I'd rather be a water walker than a boat talker. be walking the waves with my Jesus and attempting something great for God than to be sitting in the boat always critical of the ones that are trying to do something for God because God never commanded me to stay in the boat because if I know anything he commanded Peter step out because I'm going to the place that I've already commanded you and if you'll walk with me out on these waters I'll take you to the place that I've ordained you Oh my goodness. Number three. And if you start to sink, refocus your faith and vision on the one that called you out. You see, here's the interesting thing. Let me just let me say this real quick. Again, the storm was still going on even while Peter was walking on the water. Because this story is not about the storm. We've made it, and we've preached it, we've made it all about the storm. But it's not about the storm. Never was about the storm. This story is all about great faith. Yeah. 
Don't lose your focus. Jesus looked at Peter when he started to sink. And Peter said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and pulled Peter back up. And he would say, why did you doubt? Can I tell you what doubt means? You can write this down. To doubt means to be divided. To doubt means to be divided. When you doubt, that means that you're torn between different things. And see, can I tell you even this? Peter sank because he lost focus. Listen to this. He was walking on the sea in the midst of the storm. The storm didn't sink him. The storm had no ability to sink him. Because the one who created the winds and the waves called him out on top of all of that. And so it was not the storm that sank him. It was that his focus got off into the wrong place. And there are many of us that God is commanding us to get out of the boat and to walk on the water. But our focus is everywhere. The writer of Hebrews would say, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. That is where the focus should be. Focus on the reason for getting out of the boat. Jesus would ask and he would say, Jesus asked him, where is your faith? Oh, ye of little faith. But you've got to understand this. Jesus wasn't criticizing him. You see, we, we knock Peter. Well, he took his eyes off Jesus, bless God, and he began to sink. I want to tell you, you need to, you don't take your eyes off Jesus. Okay, preaching. But at least Peter got out of the boat. All them other knuckleheads are out there just, they heard the same command that Jesus did. And here's the thing. The other 11 could have got out just like Peter did. Because here is the thing. He begins to sink. Yes, he took his eyes off Jesus. He got his eyes off of everything. He lost the focus. And yes, it happens. When you lose focus, you'll you'll sink. You'll drown in in the depression. You'll drown drown in the financial difficulties. You'll drown drown in in your your poor health. You'll You'll drown in the criticism. You'll drown in all of that things. When your eyes become part, when you get your focus on those things instead of on God, yes, that is all true. 
But Peter had the courage and the faith to get out of the boat. Amen. And, and once he realizes, oh my goodness, I'm sinking, I'm getting, I, 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 I am drowning in this. He had the sense enough to look up and say, Jesus, help me. And Jesus reaches down and picks him up. Now, this begs the question. How did Peter get back in the boat? He walked. Jesus didn't carry him. He walked back on the water to get into the boat. And here's the interesting thing. Peter is the only one of the twelve disciples that got to experience and enjoy, should I say, use in that terminology, this amazing miracle. Because he had a daring faith to step out among every, all the, the bleakest time, the worst storm, and to step out of the boat and to say, Jesus is calling me, so I'm going to step out and go. So here's the question. How daring is your faith? How daring is your faith? I'm going to even turn it up a notch. How great is your faith? See, when I, when I grew up, or when I was growing up in church as a, as a little kid, there was a song, Cecile, that we used to sing. We used to sing about faith. And we'd shout all up and down the aisles on it. And it would say, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. And pastor, am I right? We get out in the aisles and we shout over that. Bobby pins flying around like a machine gun bullets. We fall, we fall out on the floor. Preacher get up and hack up blood and say, ah, all you need is just a little bit of faith. <laughs> Come on, we laugh, but you know I, that's, exactly what, that's exactly what happened. People, people come, people come, to, uh, uh, now, now listen. I'm, listen, I would laugh and stuff like that. I'm not necessarily making fun of all of that. 
I'm, I'm, not making, I'm not making fun of that. But God didn't call us to little faith. God called us to great faith. Well, Brother Jerry, the Bible says that if we just have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, we can speak to this mountain and say, Be thou removed, and if we doubt not in our hearts, it shall be done. Well, think about this. A mustard seed, even though that it starts off small, grows. All right, so you've got a little bit of faith. Grow it. Oh, man, this is good. And I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat park. I'm going to walk this off here for just a second. It is time for the people of God to stop sitting in the boat. The Bible says as soon as they got in the boat, the storm stopped. It ceased. They all, they all marveled. They all marveled because the storm stopped. But that's another message for another time. I won't get into the fact that what we seek for more often than anything is that we just got, we got to see a sign. Now. We got to, we got to have to, so the storm's got to stop before we can praise God, before we can worship God. When they get to the other side, the purpose for it all is revealed. Because let's look at this here real quick. Let me read it. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. When the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him, that they might only just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Can I tell you why we need some water walkers? Because there's some people that need healing. There's some people that need deliverance. There's some people, there's some people that need help. There's some people that need to hear the gospel. There are people... That need a touch of Jesus. Amen. So here's what the Lord's been here's what the Lord's been just been speaking to me on. Lord's been speaking to me to attempt great things for Him. Attempt great things. So here's my question. Are you tired of sitting in the boat? I'm not saying that would be critical. I'm really not. Are you tired of sitting in the boat? Are you willing to get out and walk on the water? See, here's the interesting thing, Sister Steele. We've seen a lot of miracles in our lifetimes, in our lifetime replicated. 
and we can get into all the theories about why people don't walk on water today and stuff. But if Jesus said, these miracles and greater shall you do because I go to my father. If God needed us to walk on water, he would enable us to walk on water. Now that's in a natural in a, in a kind of in a physical sense. But let's look at it this way. People are going to criticize you for trying to attempt to do something great for God. Let them criticize. I've always known, I've always learned this, Pastor. Is the people who don't do anything are usually the people who are often the most critical. Attempt something great for God. There's been many times in my own life I have found myself stuck in the boat. Too afraid to launch out. To take a foot. To step out into the water. I'm just going to tell you how nerdy I am. You ready? How ner- you want to hear how nerdy I am? Every time I ever get into a pool, I always take that first step and I kind of just put it on the top of the water. And, I'm, and I think to myself, can I do this? I mean, God, you said in your word, all things are possible to them that believe. But spiritually, are you tired of sitting in the boat? I don't want to sit in the boat anymore. I want to be the water walker. With daring faith that steps out. Says everybody else can sit there if they want to. He's calling me. And I'm going to step out. Stand with me all over this house tonight. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless, and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Mm -hmm.